That didn't go live. Let's do that one more you time. Did shit. Oh, I did it before. Now is the time. I tell you, I tell you, no, the did it again? Yeah, it's not pressing. Hang on. Try it again. <sighs> What's going on? Do you want me to press it? Yeah, you try and press it. Having trouble connecting, please check your... Okay. Uh, do you want me to set it off if Pete's... Yeah, try and... Oh, God. <laughs> Just do it. Now is the time. I tell you a back on. I tell you a job as inspiration. You will recollect this time. This moment, right now. Motivate yourself towards success. Overcome. Take over. The time is now. Great start that was. Oh, it was showing up internet not connecting here and stuff like that. Like, so we put we must actually have actually been live because people are laughing at us. So my fault, my fault, and my internet connections fault. But uh, do, how are do you? Do that. <laughs> Especially with the new intro and everything. How are you? All right, very good. I tell good. you what, uh, two things. That 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 intro is class. Um, but you go through the guests that we've had. Uh, we've had some, we've had some amazing guests. Anthony, such an iceberg there, tip of the iceberg even. Yeah, no, <laughs> we've had some amazing guests uh, on through through the years. You can nearly say now at this at this stage, but and we will have more to come, as always. But um, what are we here for tonight? We're here to talk about the uh, the Everton uh, Newcastle game from from yesterday. But uh, first of all, how are you, lads? All good? Yeah, very good. That's that's Dom. Very good, very good. Uh, of course, Pete, you made it to the game. Uh, here you are at the game. Bird's eye view. Yeah, just a bit. Honestly, I've got. I'm not a fan of height, so when I realised how high we were at the top, my legs did shake a little bit. But no, it was a. It was a great view. Uh, I've got to say, first and foremost, um, massive thanks to to Richie. Um, uh, obviously, he sorted me out with the tickets to be able to go to the game and, and take my little girl for a, her second game at St James's. So uh, appreciate that, mate. Uh, Sorry, um, yeah, it was a, it was a, it was a really, it was really nice to to be under the lights for a change um, and see the atmosphere and the experience from that point of view. So yeah, I'm very very happy. Nice one, nice one. Uh, Hannah, bit of, bit of breaking news. We have we have a message. What? We have a message. Congratulations. 
Jorgen. Jorgen. Thank you very much. Thanks very much for, for, for that, Jorgen. Happy to see us win, of course, against Everton. Of course. Uh, Jorgen will make yet. plenty of, of appearances on loan as, as we go through the season. Um, Rightio. Let's get down to it. Let's look at the team sheets. So here's the Newcastle team for, for last night. Um, any surprises to you, lads? It's the same team as last time. No. Not for me. Uh, no, not for me at all. I don't know about you, Richie. No, we. to be fair, we had a, we had a good little half an hour conversation when you came to get tickets last night, didn't we? Oh, we're going yeah. to. What, what, what's the team going to be? Is he going to make changes or not? And then we, we both said... In these sort of games, we need to play our strongest lineup against the, the most winnable games. If you're going to rest anyone, potentially rest them on, on Sunday. And sure enough, they went out with the strongest possible side. You know, at the end of the day, they had a fantastic game at Man United on, on Sunday. Um, no one deserved to be dropped unless they were going to rest because obviously it's been a three game week. But uh, no, they all deserve to have their, their place. And uh, yeah, that, that was basically our thoughts on it anyway. Yeah, spot on. Listen, yeah, um, no surprise for me really. Yeah, there was, the, the, I suppose it was talk that maybe Target would come in for burn. Um, but yeah, no, it wasn't to be. Uh, and it worked out in the end. And of course, here, here's the Everton squad as well. And uh, Pickford back in goal for, for Everton. He, he did, he was a bit, he didn't turn up the last day, did he? Uh, to, to play against us when we played at St. James's Park. Uh, but he was there last night and fair play to him. Uh, there he is. In the crowd, but you can't really see him there. Uh, let's take a closer look at uh, Love the way he zooms in on John Pepper then. Great. Love that. Um, but yeah, let's get into the game. Um, of course, um, started off uh, first five minutes. Bruno had a shot over the bar. Six minutes, Cavaloon got um, a yellow card. He's tackled on Bruno. Seven minutes. Um, Murphy cuts inside and hit it over the bar. And stop me at any of these points, lads, if you want to jump in on saying that. Specific. There's good kind of link-up play from Newcastle. Uh, it's done in the, the first uh, half an hour, but uh, nothing really productive. Um, uh, Everton tried to, yeah, Everton were, were uh, trying to go wide and um, capitalise, I suppose, and burn in the pace and got Gordon... Um, uh, who was on the wing that uh, that uh, Burn uh, was was playing in the, the Burn was in left back of course. Then they got a yellow card. Then after that, and uh, not many clear cut chances until the 28th minute. There was a scramble in the box. Wilson put a ball in. Longstaff followed up after that. Um, he, he should have really probably done better there. But then on the 30th minute, up step, Miguel Miron. Um, Passes between Joe Linton, Bruno, and Miggy loops the ball over Pickford. Uh, here he is, Miggy. Bang. 1 0 Newcastle. What did you make of that, lads? Got Richie. Do you know what? I, I, I thought it was it was a really good build up play for, as a team, full stop, from that, you know, when they won it on the right hand side, Miggy, obviously Miggy carrying it away. Um, 
And I just, I just love the direct ball that Trippier put in. You know, he could, normally you would get your foot around it, but he didn't. He, he sort of more it was a direct, uh, direct flight sort of thing. It was more like he, he, he chopped it, wasn't it? Rather like, yeah, and, and pinged it across. And then see the knockback was obviously was off. Uh, I think it was who was it? Was it was Murphy it the back? Had it back. Yeah, it was Murphy. He, he looked so Wilson was going to get it, wasn't he? And then obviously Corey got in front of Will, and luckily he fell straight to Joel Linton, who made a fantastic run to get into that position. Like we always say, we want our midfielders to make an effort to get in towards the end of the box, and that move actually showed it perfect because you had Joel Linton and Bruno literally around the, the D or just inside the box, which is why where you always want your midfielders when you're making an attacking threat. Obviously, he was able to lay it off to, to Bruno. Unfortunately, Bruno closed down. But he had that much, just that time to compose a look up and play a lovely weighted pass to Miggy. And Miggy just was just just the, the whole technique around it. It was just, you know, he didn't panic. He was calm. I think that's, that's got a lot to do with the confidence he's going through at the minute because he's playing the best football part of his career at the minute, full stop, I'd say, with Miggy. And he, he just realised, I don't need to bend it. It was more about the flight. And he just got under enough. And it just, just, just to see little arms struggle to get that a little bit further, and he just couldn't get it. And it was, you know, normally to be a normal keeper, you'd probably have to put that right in the top corner. But with Pickford, you know, you've probably got a yard extra on it. So it was just, just a nice little chip just under the bar. That nah, never saving that quality finish once again by Miggy. I'm sure he's going for a uh, goal of the season contenders by himself at the minute. Like, isn't he? <laughs> I tell you what, four goals in four games in October. That's 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 player of the month. Like, yeah, no, it, is. it is. He's he's playing, playing a real. Because he has a lovely goal. It's it's one from I think this is for and you see him on the on the the bench later on. We'll get to it, but he's yeah. uh, where he get where he gets taken off and is smiling from from ear ear to ear. But uh, look, sometimes you could just uh, just kind of pick him up and give him a big hug, I guess. Yeah, love that. Love that. And you know what? That security guy. Um, <laughs> he's everywhere. I've asked about him before, and I think it might have been Steve Acey that mentioned who he was. But he he's a legend. He's he's always there when the big signings come in. Always welcoming the training crowd. He's always there to greet the players as they arrive to the stadium. But stuff like that that just shows me how close this team is. Is that even even the security staff are part of it? They're all part of it. They all know and all part of the family. I I, I love it. I love that little cuddle at the end. It's, yeah. We should try and get him on the show. There we go. Why not? Why not? I, I, bet he's, I bet he's got some stories. I bet he has. <laughs> yeah. He'd probably be busy, though, in January, I'd say. Yeah, he'd be pretty busy. Moving players, safe from A to B. Um, right. After that, then, and not not long after that, like two minutes after that, there was a lovely passing movement. And I think I put it in our own chat. Um, and there was a back heel from Bruno, and then he, he got the ball back again later on in the movement. And he was so unlucky with the finish. He tried to, to place it in, and it just went wide of the post. So that was a lonely move. And uh, Newcastle then kind of did move up a gear for sure. And Bruno and look again on on 36 minutes and so uh, it was and th then there was uh, the little incident with the uh, handbags uh, handbags incident with the uh, Gordon the Gordon with a a, a dive and uh, Trippier telling them I didn't like that Char tried to shake some sense in Zoom and Pope got in the action as well uh, so um, but it just showed the, the togetherness and the unity within the team as well so uh, there was some some cards showing but yeah that that took us to uh, half time. And um, 
So then we move on. Uh, then, of course, Joe Linton did go kind of go down towards the end of that that first half, and Willa came on uh, for him at halftime. Um, uh, Calvert Lewin got a, a, a got a save out of Pope, but it was offside. Uh, but he was there. He was when called upon. Uh, Wilson's pass. Um, it, uh, Wilson was very unselfish at times. It was uh, once or twice he he gave great balls in for uh, others to to try and take advantage of. Miggy on this occasion put the shot over. Everton were definitely better in the second half. Um, uh, I'll move on forward a bit here. 72 minutes. Murphy uh, came off. Anderson on. Miggy came off. Uh, Fraser came on. Um, there was uh, Trippier's free kick. Yeah, Willock got a, got a header as well. Uh, just just uh, over the bar as well. Um, Willock again, another header on the 85th minute. Um, uh, Wilson came off in the 85th minute to kind of give him a, just to make sure that he's that he's okay and uh, give Ron, uh, Wood a, a run out. And uh, towards the end, Anderson had his shot blocked as well. So that kind of took us through the, to them to the the game and full time uh, result one nil Newcastle. Uh, everyone happy. Um, and of course, the the plaudits for for the, the best the best defense in the Premier League, and that's uh, proven now. That's not just us saying it; that's that's proven. Uh, so everyone happy, group hugs all round. <laughs> what did you make of the game, lads? Pete, well, let's go with you first, Pete. You were at it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, look, it, it it was a different type of game Wednesday. Uh, it wasn't pretty. Um, by any stretch of the imagination, um, it was it was a very slow start, should we say? Um, 20, 26, 27 minutes, very very slow, uh, sluggish in some areas. Uh, it, it really felt like there was a bit of a hangover from Old Trafford, from how much energy and effort they put in. Uh, however, when they kicked into gear. It, you know, they kicked into it. But look, let's be honest, by 20, 27 minutes, Newcastle hadn't even clicked into first gear yet. But when they did, they were already way and above better than Everton, but already even in first gear. And that just shows you the levels between. It made me laugh, actually, that Lampard, the way he spoke after the game, but we can talk about that in a second. Um, but once we could kicked into gear, it was just, it, we, we just outplayed outfought, outbattled everything with regards to Everton. They just did not know what to do. Um, and some of the football was unbelievable. You talk about the Amiron goal, great little bit of football. A minute later that you just referred to, that little passage of play. If Bruno had put that in, it would have been up there as goal of the season, team goal of the season. It was just unbelievable. Um, and it just shows you the levels that we've got that we can go to when we're on it. Um and so, you know, we got the job done. And, you know, sometimes you have to go through games. Um, and I'll go back to the 2012 season when we finished fifth, 2011-2012. There were a lot of games that season that we won 1-0. And we got the goal and we literally just sat and we said, right, got the goal, let's get the points. That was one of those games tonight. Knowing that it's a big week, three-game week, not a lot of players to choose from. It was a game where we said, right, we need the three points. Let's go out there. Me and Rich talked about it before. Get your best players out there. Get the job done. And then on Sunday, if you want to rest a few players that are tired, Shaws and whatever, give Lascelles a run out. Give other players, Fraser, give them a run out and let them play against Tottenham. That's the way I see it. 
But I'm just so pleased that we've now got it in our locker that we can play teams like Everton midweek and still get the job done at, at playing at 50%. Because that's all it was, in my opinion. It was 50%. That's all we needed to do to beat them. And that just shows where we are as a team. And that shows our levels now and what we've got to. And it's just so exciting to see. Nice and Pete. Richie, your thoughts on the game as a whole? Do you know what? It's 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 pretty much echo what Pete says. You know, it was a it's one of those. Remember when everyone's turned around and say about Arsenal winning one nil all the time? It was one of those that it was we weren't our best, but we still got the win that was needed. And as Pete mentioned, you know that season we finished fifth. The amount of times that you win one nil and then obviously it, it it can mean so much that you might not have played so well, but you've still got the result at the end of it. Now, if you look before the. Uh, before the weekend's games, there was four teams that had considered nine goals this, uh, at the start of the season. And surprisingly, Everton were joint with us before our Saturday's game, their weekend's games. Um, and I, I think you've mainly got to put that down to the fact that you've got Cody and Tarkovsky, who are two solid Premier League defenders who know the league inside and out. And it's obviously, that's helped them get a, a bit more of a solid platform at the back sort of thing. I still think the weekend, the wide areas, um, especially down that left-hand side, which, you know, a lot of our best work came from last night, down that right-hand side against Mikalenko. I don't know if he's still trying to find his feet in the league and stuff like that, but the two in the middle, Cody and Tarkovsky, you know what you're going to get. And it's like what, we, you know, when, when Trippier came in, you've got, when you've got a leader in that back line, it makes it hard to break down. So if you'd said, well, to be fair, I mean, Pete did say before the start of the game, Pete was like, Oh, what do you think? I'm a little bit nervous, and I'm like, I said, I think, I think we'll win. He went, Are you sure? I went, Yeah, yeah, I think, I think we'll win by the odd goal, whether one nil or two one, um, because I think that's all it was going to take. Because, and it proved last night, yes, that Everton had quite a lot of the ball, and they made it a difficult game for us because that that centre back pairing is a lot more, as I said, it's a lot more solid. And you've got it's really hard to break them down because they're that much experience in Cody and Tarkovsky. Um, I liked Onana. I thought he had a fantastic game for them. Actually, in the middle, he, you know, he's he would you wouldn't look out of place in our midfield as that you know another battler alongside Joe Linton type thing. Uh, but it was, I think that was the thing. I, I knew it wasn't going to be a replica, a replica of last month, last season's game when we won three one. It was going to be a hell of a lot of harder game to break down from how they started, and that proved to be the case. You know, it one classic bit of quality from Newcastle. Uh, to be fair, that that fifteen minute—I think mean, me and Daz were speaking in the chat last night in our WhatsApp chat—that fifteen-minute spell for when the goal came to half time, it's that oh, yeah. goal sort of lifted Newcastle and kicked them into gear. And I think the only bad thing about that fifty minutes was they didn't get the second, which would have killed them yeah. off. Because, um, but everybody and I—I I, I agree with what Frank Lampard and Connor Cody said to a degree, but it obviously didn't affect us. Was the fact they couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. They couldn't even get a shot away because we're, we're, yes, I've mentioned that Cody and Tarkov have solidified their back, back line. Our back line will stop and our keeper is just, you know, it's just next level at the minute. I don't think I've seen Newcastle as a defensive unit be this good full stop ever since. And I'm, saying, I'm talking ever, not just this season, I'm talking about ever. And obviously, you know, I've, I've watched them since the, like, the late 80s. There's never ever been Newcastle defended as good as what they are now, uh, and that's just a testament to the, you know, not just the back five. That's a testament to the whole, the whole team full stop. Because as, as I said numerous times, you know, Eddie Howe said after the game, uh, Nick Post after the game, 
we don't just it's not just the back five or defend we defend from the front with the press and that's where you know that's that's why we do so well defensively because it's not just about the four at the back of the keeper it's everybody and the work rate and you know as you both know and if anyone hasn't watched it go and watch the T4 video that was on, yeah. on YouTube yesterday it explains how Newcastle have been transformed with that uh, that press and then the counter press it's fantastic to watch it because you really get insight and the fact that he actually shows you an uh, example of the Man United <laughs> game last year and then the Man United game this year same position same end and what the, the difference is just it's just small little tweaks and stuff like that but that was fantastic last night and do you know what as, as Pete said, if we can go out there, play at fifty percent or whatever, but we still get that one moment of quality that wins you the three points. You know, we don't know how much that three points going to matter towards the end of the season. They could be three points that helps us get a Euro, a Europe place, European place. Do you know what I mean? So you never know. You never and, know. Uh, yeah, um, and yeah, no, I agree with what both you said there, lads. And uh, uh, I get a bit of credit to Lampard as well because they were. Sh- shit in the first half, especially in that 15-minute spell that you uh, pointed to Richie. But they did fix their midfield in the second half, and they were, they were a lot stronger. So, so but uh, and it, would, it was a pity that we didn't get that extra goal that would just kill off the match, and we could have relaxed and t- taken off players a bit earlier, like Wilson. But, um, no, absolutely delighted with the, with the win. Um, and I'm going to go to the table next, but before I do, and the man that's on screen there, Russ, is where I'm going to go to next. Russ, uh, and you might notice we have a new sponsor. Uh, the Radiator Shed is our new sponsor. And Russ, who's a, a fan of the show and always in the chat. So but uh, just let me tell you a bit about uh, the Radiator Shed. Uh, so this is the website, readyshed.com. I will I will bring up the the website again at a later date, but I just want to give uh, people a heads up on the company first. Uh, and there's a nice nice little uh, graphic here that we can we can put Richie in jail. I, I like this. This is what I like. Lo- lo- love this. Uh, so uh, yeah, that that's nice. <laughs> so th- thanks for those graphics, Russ. Well, I'll tell you a bit a bit about um, the radiator shed. So, the Radio Shed are a Northeast-based company with a century of leading industry knowledge at your disposal. At your disposal, they cover most regions in the UK and are building association association with Age UK and mental health, health charities. Um, the delivery direct is included in, in the price uh, to mainland UK. They provide top quality materials from from plate steel, providing longevity. All designs are manufactured. In Italy, uh, aluminium radiators are very environmentally friendly and are perfect for uh, are perfect uh, for heat source pumps. They offer a home survey service and will and will install if required. So anyone listening back to this on Spotify or Apple Music, the website is the Radiator Shed all one word dot com. So uh, check that out and. Here's some radiators as well. They're giving a special mention tonight uh, with uh, with uh, Russ joining us uh, for the for the um, the first time with the channel. So uh, here is the Fitzrova uh, radiators. Here is the Hampstead. Nice. Well, I'm not doing it justice here. You'd have to go check out the website to check. These are the ones I really like. These are cool. Look at this. They look really fancy. Was that a hit, hit, nudge, nudge to Russ? There was it. <laughs> <laughs> he, he promised me. I, I'm, cha- 
I'm changing out all the radiators in the house. This is a <laughs> rad radical rust is going to come and fix all my radiators. Radical <laughs> nice rust. But uh, check oh, that out. Uh, you, you know where to go now. Uh, the radiator shed dog got calm and uh, say hello to Russ. Uh, he's also awesome in, in the chat as well. But uh, I, I'm only going to touch on, on Russ as uh, sponsors for now because I, I will we'll touch on the rest of the sponsors later on. But I'm going to go straight uh, into the table. I'm going to bring up the table, lads, because we are sitting pretty, still sitting pretty in sixth spot. And oh, I see, as, as you've mentioned, Fulham did score uh, and they are 1 0 up, are they against Villa? Yeah, they are. Yeah, okay, and it's still uh, oh, nil -nil in the Leeds uh, Leicester game as well. So that's that's like uh, Leicester really need to win, and Villa really need to win, or there could be a casualty tomorrow. There could be more resignations. There's enough resignations probably already today, but we won't get into that. Um, yeah, so uh, Newcastle sit in six. So after the after the game last night as well, I was saying. This is uh, an interesting top seven. Is this? There's all the talk about uh, the the big six, but surely this is the the big seven now. Um, and and uh, can you can you guys see anyone from um, below seventh passing us out uh, between now and the end of the season? That, that, this is my question. Uh, and look, if you look at West Ham, who who traditionally be a contender for up there on the seventh spot, they're they're seven points behind us. Um, played, I've played the same amount of games, but can you see anyone? And look, Brighton are on, a, are on a bad run of form with the new manager coming in with Potter going for Chelsea. Going to Chelsea, do you see anyone passing us out from uh, uh, from seventh up? Uh, sorry, from seventh down, anyone passing us out? It's you know what? It's it's a really strange situation because the only one that I can see actually doing that are the team in thirteenth. You've just referred to them in West Ham. Because they 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 they've they've got history in the last couple of years of being up there and challenging, but the one thing I always said, and we and I talked about it last year, we we mentioned West Ham last year. With all of these teams, you're going to have moments where you're up there and you're challenging. Like Leicester had it when they finished fifth two years in a row. You got West Ham that are in top six um, or, or top seven uh, two years in a row, but it's not sustained. And what you're seeing now is is that drop off from West Ham. I don't see how they can maintain a European competition and continue to fight um, at domestic level. And I think they'll struggle this year. But I think they're the only ones that can because if you look around and you look at Brighton, you thought, oh yeah, Brighton might have a good season. Brentford, yeah, yeah, they're, they're all right. They're, they'll do okay. But then they have dip offs in form. We beat Brentford five one. You know, Brighton couldn't beat Forest at home. You know, it, it's it's these teams are, are dropping points all over the place, and it's not even really necessarily against the teams you'd expect them to drop points against. It's teams in and around them. Whereas teams like Everton, those teams that we're expected to beat, we are beating them. Yes, okay, we didn't beat Palace and Bournemouth, but we didn't lose those games, and we've not let it stop our flow, and we're still flying, and we're still getting results, and we're still up there. So I just, I don't see it. I, I do see it now as a top seven, potentially with Newcastle, providing that we can continue that consistency, providing that the next time we play, and I'm talking like after Spurs. So if I'm right in thinking, is that Villa, the next one? Uh, yeah. Yes. Ne next uh, next uh, next weekend, um, you know, provided we, you know, we go to Villa, whether they've got a new manager or not, we go to, we, Villa come to us and we beat them. Southampton, we go there and win. 
they're the games that you're expecting us to win. You know, the, the Tottenham's and the Chelsea's, you know, they're, they're up in the air. They could go either way. But if we keep doing that, we're putting ourselves right in that picture to be considered in that top seven. And look, Liverpool, although they've got a couple of back-to-back wins, they're not convincing. Man United, yep, they played their best football last night against Tottenham. Still not convincing. Chelsea, not convincing. Tottenham, wow, they were dreadful last night. And we've got them next. Who's to say that we can't upset that apple cart? No reason why we cannot. But for me, West Ham are the only ones that I think that can provide that level of consistency over the course of the season to be able to, to, to rival us. I don't know what you guys think. Well, just before we go to Richie, uh, just another thought uh, that we didn't get to play West Ham because the, the, those fixtures were, were that fixture was called off with the, the Queen's death. But, so it's that's going to be from January onwards. So that that's another transfer window there that we can potentially bring on more players in. And okay, we don't know who else might be out, but we should have, hopefully have Isaac and ASM back in the mix as well. So. Uh, Extra firepower when it comes to both games in, hopefully, against uh, West Ham, who uh, uh, Pete has just identified there as a, a one a potential that could could try and uh, knock us off our top seven uh, table there. Richie, your thoughts on the table? I think, do you know what? If you'd said that after oh, what, 10 games, we'd have been sixth. I think anyone would have snapped your hands off for it. Uh, you know, we were... You know, we, we we were realistic at the start of the season. We said anywhere between tenth and seventh is an improvement. Um, when obviously when Pete did battleground Europe, and we also had we, we made our comments at the start of the season. You know, I, I I always thought that seventh was an outside chance to, to go for that European Conference place. That would be you know a fantastic achievement. To be fair, anywhere in the top ten is an improvement, but seventh is just the, the achievement. The, I think the fact is that we're so consistent at the minute. Yes, okay, we weren't fantastic last night, but we were, you know, the team spirit was there. The intensity was still there when we didn't have the ball and stuff like that. And, you know, the, the teamwork and that's been consistent all the way through. And as long as you've got that belief within your team, you'll never know what you'll get with a game. Do you know what I mean? It's like, last night was very similar to, uh, to Sunday's game in a way where there was a lot of intensity in the first half. We were probably the better side in the, First half, whereas the second half and probably both of the games, we didn't have this. We no clear cut chances really in both of those games, and then you know we what it got to a certain point where it was right. Do we hang on here and make sure we get? We you know, would you have took a point before the game at Man United? Yes, you would have. Do you protect that? Yes, and they did that last night. Obviously, we had the, the goal to, to sort of defend, but. We didn't like literally just go right at it. We, in the half time, we protect what we've got. We tried to go out and you know build on that. Everton didn't really let us. I think you know I don't think Joel had a fantastic game the first half. Obviously he's got he had a knee injury. He got that booked, but it also we you could tell we missed him in the second half a bit as well, especially with Odon. I think that that physical battle between those two was it was clear to say that obviously we missed him in the second half when he was on the pitch, uh, when he was off the pitch. Should I say sorry. Uh, but they got the stage where we we know right okay it might not be we're going to score another one but the sure aren't going to score past us and obviously we protected that lead all the way through uh, and I've seen quite a few people on Twitter and I don't know if any views if you, either of you lads have seen it as well where they were saying how how nervous are you now when you see Newcastle at one nil do you fear that we're going to concede or are you confident that we're going to hold out. Uh, 
I, I think because of how, for me, because of how long we've been in this, where it's like one nil's never a nice result during <laughs> the game, you've always sort of. Uh, but I think last night I, it was there a little bit, but it I was a little bit more relaxed because I couldn't see Everton breaking us down. But it's like Eddie Howe said in his interview, you know, John Pickford's got a, a long ball, a good long ball, and he had some big target men in there. All it had taken is a lucky ricochet, the ball to the fault of someone, and they have a you know a sweet strike. And sometimes you can't do anything about them. It's like you know you look at Biggie's finish. There's nothing that any of them could have done about it. You know. As I said, we being fair to Jordan Pickford a little bit, you could have probably put De Gea or Larissa or whoever in goal, and they wouldn't have stopped that last night. Uh, so on that on that sort of thing, it's like, yeah, I, 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 you, you are going to get times when you, you are going to get the rub of the green, you're going to have a goal against you, it's going to break you down and stuff like that. But I just didn't see it happening from Everton. So I was a little bit more relaxed last night. But if we were one up against Spurs on, on Sunday at Tottenham Hotspur, would I be a bit more nervous? Yeah, because they've got a lot more quality up front. No, no, that's fair enough, Richie. Yeah, um, yeah, I think I still get a bit nervous because I remember the comeback that Everton had last season, and when they started up on their game a bit in the second half, I was getting a bit nervous. Then I was thinking, why didn't we finish off one of the other chances? Actually, a bit of breaking news as well that Leicester did score there a few minutes ago as well. After I was trying to refresh the the table, I think it was an own goal. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Peter's delighted. Um, but yeah, that's the table. The table is too slow. We're faster than, than Google. Um, yeah. So that uh, is is uh, the table. Let's remove that off screen. Um, how about we go to ratings next, lads? Is there anything that you want to? Or do you want to go to a? Is there a question or two, Richie? Yes, there's some kind of questions that have come in so far. Uh, I'll just go through them. Let's have a look. First of all. Uh, Gary's want to know where Chris is. It's, uh, it's you know, obviously we all know that the uh, party political have their conferences every year. Well, Avon have got their conference this week, so he's down in London. He's due back in the morning. That's the same thing, although no, he's away with work uh, and he doesn't get back till tomorrow. Uh, so you're probably back with us for the review show for the Spurs game on Sunday night. Uh, so that was just to let, clear that one up there for you, Gary. Uh, quick one for Pete. Uh, obviously, I know he, he uh, mentioned it briefly in the, the chat, the answer, but Shane wanted to know what was the quality of your kit was like, Pete, close up. Yeah, so uh, Shane asked the question. I messaged him back in the chat. Really, really nice kit. I'll just drop it down. Really, really nice, comfortable kit. Um, really good quality. Um, it sounds weird me saying that, but we've had kits over the years that haven't had very good quality. Um, to it, but yeah, really, really nice. Um, kit really happy with it. Uh, looks very, very smart. So, anyone thinking of getting one, uh, definitely. I got the replica version uh, about 65 pounds. Um, yeah, well worth it, well worth it. Really enjoyed. And I have to say, some people may not like this. Arrived in two days, no problem. <laughs> who, who you're referring to there? No, 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 no. I'm just saying, I'm not anyone in particular. Uh, Hi, Martin. Saying, yeah. <laughs> Lots of people over the summer had massive issues with Castore and, and been like sent um, kits and and uh, from Newcastle United related. Uh, I never bought anything because of the problems that so many other people have, but I always said I would wait until late one in the season. I've got this now, and I wasn't expecting it. 
at least for a week or two, if I was lucky, came in two days. Very, very surprised. But yeah, um, very, very nice shirt. Love it. Cool, cool. Uh, Gary's got another quick point here that, and I think we all agree with this, that uh, Anthony Gordon is a little skipper at. Uh, oh, was, he was appalled last night, to be fair, wasn't he? To be fair, it was, uh, it's just a horrible person, isn't it, really? But uh, there's some good questions I'm going to keep. Yeah, but the last one I was just going to bring up here from John Kaisley was uh, when Wilson Bruno start, we've played nine, won six, drawn three, lost none. So that just goes to show how pivotal those two players are. Uh, for us in the starting lineup, so that's a nice little point. Yeah, thanks for that little stat there, Jonathan. Go on, Daz. We'll go up with the ratings. I'll stay the rest uh, of the yeah. Let, let's go with the rating. So, um, okay. So, uh, actually, you know what? I've, I've already forgotten to say. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that like button. And if you are interested also in joining us, it is $1.99 a month uh, to become a member of Loaded. And there's uh, uh, prizes from our sponsors as well. So keep that in mind uh, if you ever consider joining. And if you want to join, uh, we, we've kind of discovered as well, because uh, we've, we've all made sure we're joined up, is that is, I, I don't know if it's possible to do it on a phone. We haven't been able to do it on a phone. So you have to kind of do it from a laptop or PC. So just bear that in mind. But yeah, make sure you hit the subscribe button if you're new to the channel and hit that uh, like button. But yeah, let's go to the ratings. Uh, first up is Nick Pope. Uh, for me, I said safe pair of hands. Um, when he was called upon, he was there. Uh, there was the one the offside chance that Carver Lewin had, but he, he saved that as well. Um, uh, yeah, he came out and volleyed it, I think, at one stage as well uh, to, to clear it and the ball. So he's getting an eight from me. Um, If we're talking about Nick Pope, I feel it's a really hard one because what did he actually do? Like, I don't know. A couple of catches, uh, that that one clearance where he ran out in the second half and booted it clear and then he took the strike his head off, but that's not it. He did, he did, he did more pushing around. Um, he's the guy that stands up and is in yellow, and he never, no, no, you don't, you don't see him that often. Yeah, we we haven't this season. I was gonna say, I saw him pushing around Jordan, uh, no, um, uh, Anthony Gordon, uh, more than actually doing anything on the pitch. Oh, yeah, but, but yeah. You're right. he, he, he cleared the ball a few times. There was one collection that he made in the first half, um, uh, when it was whipped in for uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin, that he just kind of settled everything down. Um, yeah, uh, look, I give him, I give him a 7.5. Um, uh, just purely on the fact that he didn't have anything to do. Like, I, I, there was an interesting stat. We're just watching the game back. I obviously at the game didn't see it. Right at the end of the first half, it had how many touches both teams had in the opposition's final third, and Newcastle was on fifty, and Everton were on fifteen. And that just tells you how much of the dominance it was. So yeah, seven point five for me. Um, but that doesn't mean that Nick Pope's not class because he is. Oh, I thought fair enough. Uh, and you, you, your perspective might be slightly different than ours because you were at the game where we were watching it on, uh, on uh, telly. Richie, Nick Bob. You know what? I, I don't go with the, the point fives or the point three two one things that like Daz likes to do. So, uh, look, you're missing out. Missing out. No, no, 
old school, man. How are you? Go just just go to the floor, give them a seven, eight, whatever. And look, you've got every right what, what Pete says, it's seven and a half. And then you've got to look at it and you think, we didn't have much to do, but he did, what he, you know, what he did do, he did well. You know, he caught the ball when he needed to. As I said, that clearance he was, he was on his toes, came out, you know, relieved the pressure on the defence. So you start to think, right, okay, you, you, you go on that one, you think, all right, probably a seven because he did well. But for me, I'm going to give it an eight. And the reason why I'm going to give it an eight is because he had not much to do, you've still got to be switched on that entire game. And because our defence have been working so well in front of him, you can switch off. And obviously, you know, he's probably, this is probably the first time realistically in his career where he's had a bit more time to do stuff. You know, like you look at when he's been at Burnley. When he was at Burnley, they were constantly under the cosh. Uh, they were always, you know, like he's having, he's having to make a lot of saves every single week and stuff like that. He, recently, he's not having to do that as much. So he is having a lot of time to think about what's going on and to stay switched on for that length of time. For me, that just I think that deserves a little bit more of a boost than he's waiting just because we, we've all been there on a pitch before where you might switch off when you've played yourself, Pete, Daz, you know what I mean? You do switch off in games, but when you're, you've got nothing to do and you're standing there in the box by yourself, do you know what I mean? Twiddling your thumbs pretty much like you had to do for last night, then, yeah, it's, it's a hard thing to do. So, for mentally being strong, I'm going to boost up to an eight. And it, you could have just gone like this to me. <laughs> I could because that because if I go like that, I might be you or I'd be with me. <laughs> joke with you. All uh, right, next up, it's Trips. Um, trips, I'm giving him an 8.5. I did enjoy his tangle with uh, he's, he's telling off uh, Gordon as well uh, in the game. So 8.5 trips. Richie? Hey, ooh. Uh, do you know what I think I'll probably give him an 8. eight the same as Paul. I think he had a good, solid game. Uh, you know, him and Biggie worked well down that right-hand side. Didn't get much of it. I thought he's, his set pieces were, weren't as good as they normally could be. Uh, so I said, obviously, that cross for the that set up the first goal that was probably his best, uh, you know, delivery with the, with the ball during the whole night. But I think if if we could, I think he had a good chance of a few free kicks, but the delivery wasn't perfect. He saw a couple of times he hit the first man, which we were always critical of last season when it was Shelby or Fraser. About you've always got to beat the first man. So uh, Literally, just probably because of his, his his delivery last night, I'll just knock him down a little bit to the eight rather than the nine. Because I thought, apart from that, another f- fantastic, solid display. That you know, the fact we we all loved the fact the way he went and took on Anthony Gordon for the dive and stuff like that, and shows that leadership and the passion that he's got for the club. Uh, and it, it's it's still it's still weird to think that he hasn't even been at the club a year yet, and someone has got that passion. He had that passion for pretty much the. First couple of games, we know when probably you really saw it when he came out when he scored against Everton last year at the start last season at the start of the year, um, and it's just built on that. And it was just great to see. But yeah, eight for me. Yeah, cool. Please. Um, yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a nine. Um, there, there are lots of reasons why. Um, first and foremost, I talked about how how flat Newcastle were for the first 26, 27 minutes. The reason why we upped our game was was Trippier, and um, there was a few motions that Trippier was making to the team uh, just before we upped our game, um, and he was pivotal. Why we started playing at a higher tempo? He set the tempo. 
um, the way he organised the team, the way he drove forward. There will be some people in the chat that will mention about the fact that um, we that he wasn't great from a defensive point of view because he he had it in his mind that he was going to be that attacking influence in that game. He led with the intensity, his pressing, and um, the fact that he was getting stuck in. He led by example. Um, Richie mentioned about the the issue with Anthony Gordon. Um, that wasn't by chance. He purposely did that, and you, you could see it from in the stadium. Um, and I've watched it back, and you can see when when. Anthony Gordon dived because he did. Um, you see Trippier make a beeline for him. And that wasn't to console him. That was to intentionally wind him up and to create an issue. Uh, and he did it in such a subtle way. And it was so well handled by him. He set the example. And it almost, the reaction from Shaw, then the reaction from Wilson, and the reaction from everyone else what it did, it raised everybody in the stadium and it got everybody up. So he knew we needed that that G up. He knew that, he knew that the players needed that G up. He knew the fans needed that G up. He set the tone. He set the example. That's not something that comes easily. Players don't do that just like that. He's learned that. He probably learns it from Atletico Madrid. Diego Simeone's absolutely mm -hmm. spot on at doing that and creating those moments. He brought his experience into that situation to create a moment for Newcastle and to raise our levels. Like he was pivotable in that. Not to mention the fact that anything good that came from Newcastle last night came and started with him. He was so good in his connections with Almiron and, 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 and Bruno. Um, that little triangle of passing and play between those three is so good. They've got such a good connection there. Um, and yeah, he, he, he was brilliant. He, he was brilliant. Um, really, really good. Set by example. Um, deliveries were spot on. I can't fault him. Um, and for that, for that leadership and that level of intensity that he maintained throughout the whole of the 90 minutes... And then it, it kind of concluded with that picture that you put on with them all being together. That together moment, that that spot on picture, you can see he's orchestrated that. He's orchestrated mm -hmm. that. He's got everyone together. They've create they create those moments after the game. It's almost like that bond, that back five together. They're a unit. And when they get those clean sheets, it's like they've earned it together and they celebrate together. And I love the fact that they do that. That's come from Trippier, nobody else. Um, and it's just brilliant. So for me, has to get a nine for me uh, for all of those reasons. Oh, good, good call, Pete, and good, good explanation for the, for the logic behind it as well. We shall move on to Shar. For me, Shar was my man of the match. Um, Love the way he played, getting the tackles in, getting stuck in, the passing as well. His range of passing was, was good last night uh, as well. Uh, we've mentioned the tangle with and the, the shaking of Gordon, which he got a card for. Uh, he was just solid. Um, and uh, he, he was also making make, he made a run or two into the box as well to, to try and create. So he's getting a 9.25 for me, is Fabian Char. Have that, Richie. Is he laughing at your rate or is it just the fact that you've got the two five there or what? Uh no, no, he's no he's he's just actually just expecting this from you now. Uh, across the board he's ex he's expecting some of this. Some of this. Jan, off you go, Richie. I've I've got to say I uh I've I'd give him a nine. I thought he was an absolute beast last night. Uh <laughs> 
I do you know what I, I've noticed most of the last couple of games. I don't know whether you use a lot of the earth. We, we knew, well, me and Pete knew that Shaw was a good player. Daz did until uh, this season. Daz no, did, well, Daz he wasn't. got bruised. He got bruised. He, I don't no, oh, is, that, is, that, is that the excuse now? We stood up for him by saying that he was bruised. We, 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 we knew that we were going, nah, I want him out, I want him out, I want yeah, him out. Yeah, I, I did for a while. And I, I, I would stand by that. I'd say the same thing again at that point in time. But uh, no, Are you going to stand by it as much as your tattoo comment? No, I didn't. I know. I didn't make yeah, that. Bad. Yeah, that was Martin. Yeah, you did. You did. You did. Uh, anyway, no, like, yeah, Shaw. Sure, I just thought. Look, the, the thing I've noticed, especially the last couple of games, right? Uh, he went down with the the cramp at the start, at the end of the Man United game, and then there was the incident last night where he looked like he tweaked his hamstring when he was stretching for that ball that came in from the, uh, I think it was from the left hand side. He tried to keep it in in the Gallagher corner. There's been times before with Shaw where mentally he hasn't been there and just thought that that's it, I'm, I'm going to go off. Whereas now he, he, his mentality's gone into a different gear. He does not want to leave the pitch. He wants to be on there every single second he can, no matter what, whether he's carrying a little knock or whatever. He just loves being a part of this new unit at the back of him and Bob because I think he knows that Dan Burns played a, a good, great level as well. It's the, the the sort of like fighting for their place as well. That if if they go off, they might give the Eddie Howe a reason to to leave, leave him out. You know what I mean? By you know his commitment level, but he's been rock solid at the back. He's he's been that player I always knew he would. He was. Uh, you saw glimpses of it under Rafa Benitez. But he's took his consistency once again. I think this is a big word that you'll see this season from all of us when we, we start talking about the players. It's that consistency that the, 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 the played this, the delivering this performance level every single week. Uh, and he's just been a breath of fresh air that you see that he's he's just doing it all the time. And it really, it's really pleased me because I've always been a fan of him since he came to the club. Uh, I remember watching him in the World Cup the summer we bought him. And think we got, you know, to be fair, we bought them for three million lads. Do you know what I mean? That that's you look back, that's a hell of a bit of business now when you see what he's doing now for us. There's other people down that you know a few years ago were oh, well, yeah, just let him see his contract go. It was really, really like, important that we tied him down with a new deal uh, for this season going forward as well, because that partnership between him with him and Botman, someone mentioned it in the chat. Now I, I might as well bring it up now because obviously we're talking Shah and Botman. Uh, and John Askew says, if Botman and Shaw stay fit, will we concede again this season? Now, obviously, <laughs> we are we are going to concede at some point. Do you know what I mean? It's it's it, it, it is obvious. You know, it's it, it, don't get me wrong. I think we'd all love it if we kept. You know, we we didn't concede the goal all season. It would be a miracle. But do you know what I mean? But <laughs> it's the fact that we are now we've got the most clean sheets in the Premier League this season with five. We've already conceded nine, which is a record as well. Uh, it shows how good him and Bob are as a partnership at that back. And it, he, he was immense last night. Uh, absolutely immense. Nice one. Now he's laughing at you, Richie. Uh, <laughs> Pete. Sure. Um, yeah, Fabian Shaw. Uh, outstanding again. Back to back, top, top level performances. Um, well in with the shout and well in the rights of being man of the match. Um, for me, nine point four. Uh, I'll say nine point four. Um, he, 
what what was really interesting obviously is he, he's a he's a battler he grafts um you know he is excellent on the ball it what was really interesting i noticed about te- five ten minutes into the second half because the first half dominic calvert lewin pulled himself on botman constantly and then very quickly in the second half shifted himself to shaw it was it was as if lampard had said put yourself on shaw you'll have more joy there he had even <laughs> less joy than he did against botman he had him in his absolute pocket it was brilliant um and shaw um just knows how to play the game and, and look um, Fabian Shaw is a player that just needed to be coached. He needed to be under a manager that trusted him and that, and that like, believed in his abilities. Um, you know, someone like Steve Bruce hasn't got the capabilities of being able to manage someone like Fabian Shaw uh, and the ability that he has. Um, you know, I, I also think some may not agree with me. I also think that if Florian Lejeune was in this squad, he'd be performing at this level too because he is that good. Um, from Lejeune and Shaw together were, were brilliant under Rafa Benitez and I think um, Eddie Howe would have been able to get the best out of Flo- um, Florian Lejeune um, but he's getting the best out of Fabian Shaw performing at a very very high level um, and truly truly deserves every praise that he gets because he's putting his body on the line for Newcastle what I love about him as well is that his tactical play late on in the game when we need to slow down the play, you know, winning free kicks, you know, slowing down the play. I think he, you know, he he he, got, he took a knock and then jogged fifty yards down the pitch, then went down and asked for treatment. Just slowed the game down constantly, got the player on, slowed it right down. It just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. So so intelligent. Um, Fabian Shaw and, and you know he, he played well on the ball today could have had a goal half decent say from from um, Pickford very very good um, impressive impressive performance 9.4 so I've got a question for both of you I, I give Shaw a man of the match and 9.25 uh, is Shaw your man of the match? no you have to fight that no no, okay, we'll keep playing on. We'll play on. All right, we'll go to Burn next. Uh, Dan Burn. Um, like I, I have um, not criticized, but I've said I've kind of urged a bit of caution with Dan Burn and, and the pace element of, of, of him playing the left back the last couple of weeks. But it, it was his best game as left back uh, for me, and he he um. He he coped well with Gordon. Really, he he kept him kept him quiet. Uh, there's a, some bit of trickery from Gordon, but he he did he was solid. So I'm giving Burn an eight point five. Pete. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, in fact, you know what? I'm going to give Dan Burn an eight point seven. Um, I'm going <laughs> I'm going straight up Daz tonight. I'm you know I'm not sticking to these hogs. Um, and, and, and full numbers, uh, yeah, 8.7. You know what? All the talk about can Dan Byrne manage pace? Can he deal with it? Is, is he going to be exposed? He's already proven against a fantastic Anthony uh, at Old Trafford that he can handle it. Yes, he got beaten a couple of times, but you know what? He recovered. He got back. He made sure that there wasn't an incident or, or anything that went against him. Um, last night, he came up against Anthony Gordon. That if you've watched him play, can absolutely destroy defenders for pace down down that side. And actually, you know, Anthony Anthony Gordon didn't want anything. He, he didn't want none of Dan Burn. Dan Burn absolutely managed him out of the game. He was anonymous for me. 
Um, and he had to resort to diving tactics in order to try and win anything from him. Um, you know what? Yeah, Jordan Team for Life. Yeah, I, you know what? I've, I've never been against Dan Byrne. I've just always thought that Botman should start ahead of him. But you know what? He's made that left-back position his own. And I said to you guys a while ago, I wasn't impressed with Matty Target. I don't think he'd start in the season well. And I hadn't been impressed with him. But I tell you what, Dan Byrne's putting the performances in for me at left-back that Matty Target should be putting in. And Matty Target is on the bench, and, and, and rightly so, at this moment in time, because I wouldn't drop Dan Byrne for anything. If he's fit and conditional-wise 100%, he starts for me in that position because he just adds something very, very different in this tactical setup. And he's playing very, very well. I'm really, really impressed with him. Um, I have been. He's not going. You're not going to get the the elegance on the ball, the the overlapping, um, the the left sided. You know, whether it's um, Murphy or Allison Max, we're not going to get that from him. But what he does tactically, he creates defensive solidity, and he creates that solidness that when the ball goes over Botman for whatever reason, Burns there to clear. If there is a ball that goes over Dan Byrne, Botman's there to clear. They've got a clear understanding and a way of playing. He ruffles feathers. He didn't give Anthony Gordon any time on the ball. He was shitting at Anthony Gordon. He didn't want any of it last night. And you could tell from the stadium, you could tell watching it again um, uh, uh, from, from the TV. Brilliant performance. Really, really impressed with him. What I'd like to see him, just from your description, is I'd like to see him add to his game a bit more. He's getting getting more headers on target uh, for, for for such a big yeah. lad as well. Because there's 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 goals in him as well um, uh, when he's on the pitch from from corners and stuff like that. But sorry, Richie, over to you. You're on mute, by the way. Uh, I think if you, you look at Dan Bird, I think it's what what, what Pete said. It's a bit like what Joy Two for Life was as well. But we all know. <laughs> Bird was a good defender, but we all like Botman more. And I think that was, you know, you look at the partnership that Shaw and Bird started to develop at the end of last season, and it was, you know, they had a pretty good relationship. And I think the fact that he's now excelling at left back, it's sort of like, you know, I suppose from my point of view, it's, you're happy because Bird's getting the game. He's a joy laddie. Every single time he pulls that shirt, you know he's going to deliver uh, every single time he puts that shirt on. But you've also got, the Rolls Royce next to him as well, who obviously we will touch on in a minute, but that it, it just seems to, I don't know, gives me more confidence defensively. And um, I think the one thing that Target gives you potentially going forward is he has that potential to uh, whip the ball a bit better on the left hand side, whereas Bird doesn't. But he still likes to carry the ball forward and it, it likes to advance you when, you when we were attacking with him. But as you know, as Pete said, you look at uh, the way he was last night, you know, Anthony was going to test him. I know this was one of the things that you said, Daz, wasn't it, before the Man United game, was you were concerned about the pace yeah. against Dan Bird. I think the thing is, though, Dan Bird hasn't got the natural pace, but because he's so tall, he's got such a long stride, so it helps get him out of the situation that, you know, anyone a bit smaller who didn't have the pace would really struggle. Uh, and obviously, he's, with a being so tall, he's strong as well. So he could use his body in other ways to help, you know, manipulate the uh, attackers off the ball and stuff like that. Uh, I agree with what you say, Daz, about uh, um, being a bit more of a threat in the box, and he's trying to get the headers on the target. Bear in mind, you've got to look now. We, we've this is probably the tallest team we've ever had. I think you know you go through the through the team full stop, and you know, apart that that back three, the back four are tall, 
then you've got Longstaff and you've got Juliet. Then you've got you've still got uh then you've got Wilson who's good in the air as well. So you've got about six players on that pitch who are, are good in the air, but we don't seem to score many headed goals. You know, yeah. I know Bruno got one the other week, but you wouldn't really say that Bruno will tell you that's his first headed goal of all time. Do you know what I mean? So it's I think that's something that we, we could potentially work on with the with the defenders, that that ability to use that height and dominate the opposition box. We, we do well defensively with it, but when we're in the attacking box, in the attacking ADR box, we don't seem to use it as much. But uh, yeah, solid enough display. I, I'll give him a solid eight. That's right, Richie. Dan Byrne, someone we all look up to. Um, right, I forgot to mention Botman. <laughs> I passed by the way, Botman. So Botman, for me, he was solid. Uh, I thought he was, he, he was, I was more impressed with him in, in the Man United game, to tell you the truth. Uh, but it was, it was a shower that really shone for me yesterday. So I'm giving Botman an eight. Okay. Any reasons for it? No, well, just give him an eight. Uh, he's, he's supposed, uh, he was no, not no major reasons really. He, he got is, the that, is, that, is, that, is that Daz giving Botman an eight? Nah. Yeah, no, just an eight. Yeah, yeah. You know, no, that's what I asked. Sure. I didn't know what. Yeah. They come to expect it. I was just kind of comparing his, his performance to the Man United game. In the Man United game, he was pinging passes uh, left, right, and centre. And I thought Shar did that uh, yesterday. So that's why, for me, I, I, I put Botman ahead of Shar in the last game. Now I'm putting Shar ahead of Botman. So that they're, it, it, for my ratings, they're competing against each other. They're not just competing against other teams, they're competing against my rate for, for my, my attention. So that's why it is. 12.5. So forgive him 12. Yeah. <laughs> is that the same PDK that wanted um uh Dan, Dan Ashworth out for the end of the transfer window? <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. <laughs> um I've given Botman a 9.2. Um and the reason why he's not Weighted ahead of Shaw is, is for the exact reasons that Dad said. Is that on the ball? I I didn't think Botman had his best game. Um, he, he you know gave the ball away a couple of times. He wasn't as useful with the ball. He didn't break the lines as much as what I normally see from him when I watch him play. Um, but what we saw from Botman and the reason why he's in the nines is that we saw the other side of Botman um, last night. We saw the graft, the battle, the the fight in him. Um, and that's what he needed because they, Everton came not to play football. They came to fight. They came to make make it difficult for our team. And if it was a Lascelles, if it was a um, you know a, a Kieran Clark or something, Dominic Cavalier would have got all the joy in the world last night. And Botman is so experienced for a young lad. He didn't he didn't rise to the occasion. He was ready to go toe to toe with Dominic Cavalier. Um, he, he, he he didn't win all the he didn't win all the jewels, but what he did, he made sure he won the second or the third. He made sure that he was um, not getting any wins or anything at all. And I talked about how in the second half, Dominic Cavalier started to pull on Fabian Shaw. It's because he wasn't getting any joy, even with the little flick-ons or the little chest downs that he was getting. They were coming to nothing. Bottom was reading it all, and and when there was anything 50-50, Bottom was there, bang winning it, letting him know he was there, getting into him, you know, really kind of leaving his mark on Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Um, and he just made the game look so, so easy. Um, and I was really, really impressed with him from that 
from that perspective. Um, you know, I, I was I was glad to see that on the side of him. So yeah, no, I think as nine point two, uh, I give him. Uh, yeah, well he Nine point two. Um, Richie, Batman. Uh, I'll give him a nine. The same as Shaw. I think it's like like. Uh, <clears throat> what, what are you there? She said Batman has to be the same as Shaw. They're a double act. And obviously, I gave nine to Shaw. I've got to give Batman a nine. You just, it's just, it's just, it's so nice seeing not having to like worry about the, the, the centre defenders for changing. You know, we've all we've been used to having Lascelles there and like. What mistakes like coming next? It's like it's just so reassuring that you've got two world class centre halves played for our club now. Uh, and yeah, perhaps if I was going to go into the point twos or point fours, you know, perhaps Shaw did edge it last night because I thought he was better with the ball. Uh, but as Pete said, yes, last night's the first time that uh, Botman hasn't won his, all his aerial duels, which was going to happen at some point. Uh, it was it was never going to go all the way through the season without you know with it, not losing one, but it was the fact that he wasn't going to lose the second one, uh, and the, you know it, yes he's ball he wasn't able to do his rude hullet passing that he's been you know he's been renowned for so far where he can pick a ball across and stuff. He did what he needed to do. He did it well still, and yeah. it, you know, that that's all you can ask. Uh, if he does that every single week. Then so be it. Do you know what I mean? It's like means, as I said, it's, we we're going to say this quite a lot now. It's going to be consistency. You know, he didn't have the better game yesterday. Shaw did, but when Shaw doesn't have the better game, Botman does. One of them, the the seem as I said, it's a partnership. The the the, the you know the pull each other on sort of thing. It's like it, it's it's really really good to see that that leadership's you know it's not just from tripping out all the way along that back line. So. Yeah, I, st- I don't think he was played quite as good as uh, Shaw. Yeah, and if I was going to do the points, yes, I'd probably give Shaw a little bit more, but it would be a nine for me for Botman as well because he was rock solid again. No, oh, that's fair enough, Richie. And you mentioned Rude Hullard, so you have to say sexy football every time you say sexy football. Um, right, let's move on to the midfield. Let's go to uh, Bruno. Uh, for me, uh, his passing was unbelievable as usual. Uh, the way he plays, it's like you see he's playing playing snooker or golf, or the, the, the pinpoint uh, accuracy of his passing. Uh, the, the the he passed on to, to me. He actually just got the, the assist for the goal, but but the and a couple of minutes after that, the, the the movement, the little back heel and stuff. Um, as always, he got lots of the ball. Uh, for me. I'm giving Bruno a nine. No, no hearts. I mix it up, Richie. I don't get. I don't go decimal the whole time. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll give Bruno a, a, a nine as well. I thought he was uh, he was the standout midfielder for Newcastle last night. Uh, once again, it's you know he, he likes to carry the ball out from the back. He's there straight away if we've lost the ball on the press. Uh, he's leading the counter press as well. He just does everything. Uh, and yes, he, I think the one thing that spoiled his performance last night, he wasn't able to take one of those two chances in, after we just took the lead. Uh, I think the the better one was his first one. And I don't know if obviously Pete might have seen it differently from in the ground, but I remember looking at I'm just sick and screaming, why is Joel not giving him a shout? Because... Joel had acres of space literally behind him, no one around him, and actually would have probably been able to get score, score an easier second from where it was. Uh, 
But I think that was the only thing missing for Bruno's game last night. Leadership was still there. The drive was still there. He led from the front. He was there at the back to win the ball as well. He still win the ball high up in the pitch and you know, turn the ball over in the final third as well. That was something that Everton could deal with, yes, because you look at Cody and Tarkovsky, yes, they're good, solid, all like defenders, but they're not ones that were good on the ball. So you need you really need to help getting around it. And obviously he helped that press with Wilson as well when those two were there. So a nine for me. Um, Bruno, I've I put at a nine point five, and and the re- and the reason being the reason why I put him again, uh, ahead of Fabian Shaw is because everything went through Bruno Gomez. Everything went through him. He is the focal point of the team. Um, you know, you've got the leadership in Trippier. You've got the the fight and the spirit of Shaw and Botman. Um, and then you've got the experience of the likes of uh, of Callum Wilson up top. But what you have in the middle of that is Bruno Gomez, and he makes everything tick. He makes everything come together, left or right. Everything comes through him. He was involved in everything that was good um, from Newcastle United last night, and he's so important to this team. You know, he's not blessed with pace. He's not the pace he plays. He's not someone that's rapid, that can run... Um, 100 metres in, you know, 10, 12, 15 seconds is not that. But what he is, he's controlled and calm on the board. He, no one can get the ball off him. No one can get the ball off him. In the tightest of spaces, he seems to always come out with the ball and he's just so special for that reason. Um, And, you know, you've got players like Onana. Onana is a terrific centre midfielder. I thought he had a really good game at times last night. And you know what? Ideally, in our midfield three, is that little sitter, he would be ideal for us in there. But he made him look average at times, the way he just ghosted past him. And only a top-level player in Bruno Gomez could do that to a player like Onana that's actually not looked out of place in the Premier League against many other teams apart from last night. And I just think he's he's just brilliant. Um, so for me, nine point five for that reason, the focal point of our team. And is your man in the match, Pete? Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Um, right. Let's move on. Let's move on to Sean Langstaff. Uh, Sean Langstaff. Um, love, love the way he got the blocks in uh, when needed. He he played a key role, and he it's 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 worked over the last number of games since, since he's been in there. Um, also, uh, not linked to the game, but see the interview with himself and Botman. They have a good relationship going as well there. Uh, but I'm gonna give Longstaff an eight. Uh, yeah, Longstaff. Uh, yeah, I'll give an eight. Um, I was. It was weird to see. I don't know if you guys noticed it that at the beginning of the game he was playing as the number eight. He started the game playing further forward than Bruno Gomez, and it seemed strange to me because he didn't start very well um, in that position. Uh, but he grew into the game. I loved his battle inside got stuck in, won the ball back. There was times where he wasn't great on the ball um, and it was frustrating at times, but he 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 made up for that with his battling performance. He really does get around the pitch. He looks as fit as I've ever seen him. He really does put himself around the pitch. I think he's played every game, even the yeah. cup game. 
he's 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 looking really really strong at the moment, and and those regular games are definitely helping him. So fair play to him. Um, so yeah, I give him an eight for that. Well played. Nice one, Richie. Yeah, I was I was a bit split on this because it, it, it's hard. It's half time. I I, I thought that uh, Longstaff and Joel Linton were didn't have particularly good first halves, uh, but I would say that you know we. It, it, the problem I had with Longstaff was he, he wasn't, as, as Pete just mentioned, he wasn't great with the ball last night when he had it. But then you look at the second half when, obviously, Everton had a bit more possession. His defensive side was top-notch last night. Uh, you know, his work off the ball, as he's, Pete's mentioned, you know, he, he covers a lot of the, the, you know, pretty much a lot of the, uh, the pitch, chasing the ball from, you know, from, from the right flank to the left side of the pitch, it, it was. Yeah, I think given it, if it if it got off at half time, I wouldn't have been surprised though. Because I was, I thought he had a really poor first half. Uh, oh. He just, I don't know, as I said, it just didn't seem to look after the ball when we had it as well as he, he can't do. And it, I don't know, it, it could be what Pete mentioned. He started off further up the pitch in that number eight wall, and perhaps it's just a role that doesn't really suit him. He either likes to be forward in the number ten, which is he obviously played more when he was younger. Or he prefers to sit and be the number six. He perhaps he just doesn't like the number eight role, and that's what he just. You know, to be fair, you, you had Onana in there, and you had obviously Gay as well in there as well. Two, you know, two really good midfielders on their day. Uh, I think it was as I said, it was, I was impressed with Onana last night. Uh, just you know, box to box, he's strong. Perhaps it was just something that unsettled him in that middle. I don't know, but yeah, I'll give him an eight. Fair enough. Um... We'll move on to J7, and as Richie alludes, uh, he, um, I think you, you know, you, myself and yourself were having a, a debate on on, on uh, the WhatsApp chat as well, Richie. I thought um, Joint did okay in the first half. He had the desire to win the ball. Uh, he's breaking down play. Uh, he was a beast at times. Then he got injured, so I had him down as an ace, but. Because he didn't play the full match, but after after forty five minutes, I'm going to knock him back down to seven point seven five. I'll, I'll touch on it because I thought it was a, I thought it was a seven. I just I don't know. It was he just seen half a, half a yard off it last night a little bit for me. We we you know and, and I know he's he set his standards really high since he, you know certainly we're still going to remember he's not a natural midfielder. We've we're still going to remember that you know he's a, he's a converted midfielder. Uh, and obviously, he had a lot to do on on uh, Sunday at Man United. You know, there's, there's a lot of quality players you've got to switch on constantly. And I don't know if it impacts, obviously, whether he, he had that knee strapping on before we started the game. So, for all I know, that half yard because he could be, he could have been struggling with that knee. Uh, but obviously, you know, I think with that, if you look at that tackle, that yellow, the yellow card, it was that half a yard, that half a second, a little bit slow, which you don't really see from Joel Linton. Now he's a midfield, especially when Bruno's there with him. Uh, and I just think that was the little thing for me. It just, just seemed to be, wasn't, wasn't his game. That, that for me, last night. Uh, you know, he could have come out the second half and did what Longstaff did and, you know, have a better second half. But I, I wasn't surprised when he went off and obviously had the knock. Perhaps it's just something they want to protect him for Sunday because obviously you look at the midfield three of Spurs <clears> uh, when you've got Heiberg, uh, you know, Benton Kerr. Uh, and whoever whoever the players the third one, it's quite a strong midfield. It's going to be a physical game on uh, 
understood this. So that that's that, that's where you really want Bruno. Sorry, Bruno. Sorry, uh, Joel and Fritful. You want to be be there for that battle on Sunday. Cool, Pete J Seven. Yeah, um, six point five for me. Six point five. Yeah, I thought he was really poor. I was really disappointed with his performance. And look, uh, Jonathan. Um, uh, Kaisley, um uh, it says it is love Joe Linton, but was lucky to stay on yesterday. I was actually very, very relieved when he was subbed at half time, and Willock was by far better than him in the second half, yeah. uh, and, and it was a very deserving substitution. I thought it was dreadful from the beginning, constantly giving the ball away, out of position all the time. Um, he, he was driving me mad in that first 30 minutes. He was then part of the attacking unit and he had a couple of plays where he was okay, but he was a liability to that midfield. And any joy that they got in the first half was down to him not being in the right position. Um, I was really disappointed with, with, with Joe Linton. Um, uh, very, very disappointed. And uh, I'll be honest with you, he's dropped off form recently. He really has. He's not been the same player. Um you know he, he's been he's been better in other games, um, compared to that. But he was he was Newcastle's worst player, um, last night. And uh, yeah, he really does need to step it up big time, um, if he wants to get his place back in the team. You know, um, I think Yano's put there, um, Shelby's back in the running. You have got Longstaff that's playing well, Bruno being Bruno, Willock who's impressing me massively at the moment. Yeah. Anything that's missing for me is. Um, and I think, and this is the conversation that was had a while ago, is that what would Joe Linton maintain the levels to stay in the first team, to stay here? Could you see him a year or two years down the line still being a regular in the Newcastle squad? If he puts performances in like that, we will sign another midfielder that will put him out of the team. Um, he's guaranteed he's got to maintain those levels. He was really poor. And you know what? To add to that, and people might not like this, but he should have been sent off. He was already on yeah, the he got, yeah. He got early in, in in the first half. Yeah, he got that yellow card. But um, right, fully deserved. And then there was a challenge later on um, on Idris Gay where he just cleaned him out, no intention to get in the ball or was nowhere near the ball, um, and he's kind of ran straight into him. And even the commentator watching it back was like, "What is he doing? He's looking to be on the pitch." And I think I don't think there's any knock. I don't think it was any injury. I think that's the reason why I have to off. One, because he was having a poor performance. And two, he should have been off the field. And I think they've taken basically what Howe's done at half time is taking the decision away from the referee. Because I think any incident in the second half with involving Joe Linton would have resulted in a red card. Um, yeah. And I just think I just think it was poor. Now, what Joe Linton does have the opportunity to, and I think he'll play Sunday, is the opportunity to put it right. Uh, against Tottenham and really bully that midfield. That midfield that is very defensive-minded for Tottenham, that's not attack-minded uh, with some of the players that they've got missing. Um, so he's got an opportunity to put it right because I think he'll play. I'll tell you what, Pete, I don't know whether you agree with this, but it's funny how with Bruno and, and Joel Linton that when they tend to pick up a, a first-half booking, it really seems to unsettle them. You know, it's because they can't play the natural game for the rest of it. And I think... That was what, with him picking up that early booking, it's sort of like, as I said, it, that's why it seemed to be he was half a yard off all the time because he couldn't play his natural game to a degree. 
Richie, he yeah. was off. He was off it even before the yellow card. Oh, no, I, I said, yeah. I said, that's now a chat. Yeah. I said, I, I would not have been surprised, but obviously, you know, he had the knock. I thought we needed to bring Shelby on because he would be able to help control the pace of the middle of the park better with Longstaff and uh, Bruno in the middle, just so we can sit a little bit deeper and control it because he he does control the game well, but obviously. I know that Eddie's still trying to protect him a bit because obviously he's had that bad hamstring injury. And Willett came on and did a fantastic job. It was a really good performance to set off. Will Willett came on. No, um, I, I didn't see him as 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 bad as that to tell you the truth, uh, and that's why I give my rating. But uh, I do see the logic now, and what a different game it would have been in, in results if if uh, we came out the second half and he, and he gets sent off. Uh, everything would definitely be back back in. It would have been a draw at, at, at best for us then, I think. Um, but yeah, no, interesting. Again, good good logic behind that, Pete. Um, let's go move on to uh, Murphy. Uh, Murphy, for me, uh, he had that shot early on in the game where the ball went over the bar. He was doing a bit of covering and kind of tracking back with, with Byrne as well. He was kind of helping Burn out uh, on Gordon. Um for me, I'm giving Murphy 7.5. Richie, I'll go through his comments. You just go, Pete. I'll go through his comments. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, 7.5. Uh, didn't kind of set the world alight. Had a little moment in the first off. We got the ball on the left, cut inside, and he whipped the ball just over the bar. Um, really, really good effort. And thought I thought that was going to set the tone for what his performance was going to be. And then we just didn't see it after that. He kept getting that ball. It wasn't that he wasn't getting the ball. He kept getting that ball wide out left. Um, and But he just, he, his decision-making at times, he's dreadful. He just kept making the wrong decision and just running into players. You know, he just needs to keep it simple. There was one time he got the ball out on the left. And all he needed to do is left foot, whip it into the box. Wilson was there running. And he ended up, I don't even know what he did. I think he yeah. took it inside and ended up losing the ball um, or playing the wrong pass. And Wilson goes mad at him and he's shouting at him. He's going, give me the ball. Just put it into the box. That's what Wilson's all about. Um, and it was, yeah, it was, it was a bit of a frustrating performance. But the link up, um, the way he connected, obviously being involved in the goal as well, that little header back, um, you know, it, it, it's 7.5. It, uh, it's areas of his game that he needs to improve on, but some of the little connected plays that he played was nice and kept it, kept the ball up the pitch at times. Yeah, I agree with you on the decision-making. It was the same in the Fulham game. I, I think did Miggy score too in that game, and I, and I even said... Murphy could have got man of the match if because uh, because he all the all the ball he had and if if his decisions were better he would have got a half full of goals. But yeah, if he could improve that in his game, he he's worth having around. But can he do that? That's the question. Uh, can you train that into someone? Um, right, Richie, your thoughts on uh, Murphy? Uh, I'll, I'll go for a seven. I he was okay. That that's pretty much it. Pete's around it said it already. Yeah, he had that one chance where he cut in and had a decent effort. But he's it is right, he's his decision making's really poor when he gets at that final third. That ball should have been whipped in. And I and I, I still think that's one of the things that the, the, the issue with playing a right sided player on the on the left or when you played like obviously with Miggy at start, you start now to see an end product from it. We were always frustrated that when he got the byline, he never he, he never tried to put it with his right foot, he always had to cut back onto his left or that product wasn't there, but obviously now we're getting that end product with that quality of the finishes there. Whereas with Murphy, 
Yes, he, you know, that, that, that I remember the old times that Pete used to say, he's that sort of winger where, a bit like what Keith Gillespie used to do, he's not fantastically skillful, but he's the one where you need, he needs to knock a pass defender, he's got the pace to get past him, and just put a ball in. Because he's not naturally left-footed, he can't do that. So that ball, what Wilson was screaming for, that, that cried out for a, that left foot, left foot ball back in. I think what he tried, he took an extra touch and then tried to play it back to the edge of the box and it went out for a corner. Um, but it was, yeah, it was, he's, he's still my weak, weak, weakness on that pitch. I just, yeah, I would still much prefer right have Ryan Fraser on than Murphy. I just, you know, as I said, Ryan Fraser, he's, he's two-footed. He can, you know, he, 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 he does well with the press. You know, he come on last night, he was in the wars, bless him, last night. It, you know, it's, it, he was getting knocked from pillar to post for that ten minutes he I was on. Yeah, uh, but do you know what? He's you know what you get from it. And I, I think Fraser's just that little bit better quality wise than what Murphy is in my opinion. And I, I would be playing Fraser over Murphy. I just think he's our weak weak spot. So, so why why do you think why do you think he's going with Murphy then? Why do you think know. he's going with Murphy instead of Fraser? What, what what's what, what's the key? There's only one thing I can think of. I can't think of anything, Pete, if I'm honest. Height. Really height. Uh, Pace. Pace is there. I think Fraser's quite nippy over short distances. So he, can, he, can, he does well with the press and he's quite... Mm. I think he's actually quicker in the press than what uh, Murphy is. But It's that direct pace, though, running at players. I think Murphy is a lot faster than, 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 than Fraser. But Fraser's not slow, and you're right. And he does press well. But I just think having a taller player... And a player that's fast and he's he's fast with the ball and will be very direct. He'll just get the ball and he'll just run. Even if it's in a straight line, he'll just run and he'll commit defenders moving forward. He did it a couple of times in the first half where he just ran and ran and ran. And I think he went went to then cross it in, not with the intention of actually crossing it in, but hitting it off the player to win as a corner or win as a throw in, high up the pitch. And he just does that. And he'll just do that job over and over and over again. And I think that's one of the things at the moment that's keeping him in the team purely he's just he's outright pace um but i do think that i think you're right i think fraser is better tactically i think he offers a little bit more quality in terms of final ball um and it wouldn't surprise me if he starts on sunday and he gets a few free kicks as well fraser um Love the other thing. Love yeah. <laughs> um right that's actually before we move on just a reminder as well if you haven't subscribed subscribe if you haven't hit the like button uh, make sure you definitely hit it on your way out uh, and you can hit it now if you like so um let's, let's move on to miggy and miron uh for me i'm giving miggy a nine look at the goal um was classed. Um, not probably not as good as he's been in other games either, and he got taken off uh, the seventy-second minute uh, for Fraser to come on to, to give him a run. But he's getting a nine for me. Yeah, um, joint man of the match for me, nine point five, Miggy, um, purely because of his constant running back and forth. He covers so much ground, um, which we know he does. But that finish, please do not underrate that finish. That finish is outstanding uh, for a couple of reasons. For one, um, just the technique in how he does it. But two, hitting that first time, not easy. Not easy at the position that he's at to hit that first time and beat the keeper the way he does. 
And it, the, it's the, re, the reason why he beats Pickford the way he does is because he hits it first time. Pickford's not Pickford's not expecting it, expecting a first time shot, which is why his positioning was all over the place. He's expecting Miggy to take a touch because he normally does, and then that allows Pickford to set himself in order to be able to defend and, and save that ball in a better position. Miggy doesn't give him the opportunity; hits it first time. The whip in the bend—that's what he used to do for Atlanta United all the time. That type of finish, one touch, bang, curl it into the far corner. He's now doing that for Newcastle United. That finish was fantastic. And it was the match winner. And for me, deserves for me to be in a position where he is um, equal man of the match. Nice that you mentioned, mentioned Atlanta and Carl. Was in, it was a comment came up on screen there as well. Um, the Atlanta you fan. <laughs> um, Richie, did you speak about me yet? No, I didn't. I, I went like that because I was agreeing with your yeah, night, Dad. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. He was actually my man of the match. I just, I've got to reiterate every single thing that Pete said there. He's work rate with the ball, without the ball. It, he's just second to lead. It, it, you know, the Eddie said it several times now. What he does off the ball when 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 defended from the front is absolutely his work rate. Just absolute. You know the dog's bollocks. Basically, that's the easiest way to put it up. And you know, it's it's nice to see that. As I mentioned before, that end product now that's coming through. You know, he's always threatened to have it, but it's like I don't know. I, I, don't, I think I've seen it on Twitter a couple of times this week. How much we've actually got to thank Jack Grealish for because he's created a monster. He really has. We you know we saw that. Pre-season, six goals in pre-season. We thought, oh well, look, it's just pre-season. He's gonna like, they've got to take it into the uh, into the season as well. But he's he scored what five goals in eleven games. The last, it, it, do you know, what? It, it took like it was sixty-three games to score five goals before that. He's just on an absolute run. He's absolute on fire. Uh, but as Pete said, that finish last night, it's. You know, it's still not as good as he's won against uh, Fulham because that's just, you know, out of the box technique for that goal. You know, you, you look at over the shoulder, it's De, De Canio esque or Van Basten esque, if you want to say that, because it's one of those goals where you're probably going to score that goal once in your life. You'll try that opening times again and, and never be able to do it. Whereas this one, you'll probably try it more. Get, you, there's a chance he'll actually score it again in the future, but because he, you know, because he took it first time, that's why it was such a good finish. As Pete said, if he, you know, if he took a, a touch and, and killed the ball dead, it would have been harder to get that flight and dip over uh, over Pickford. And obviously, Pickford, as Pete also mentioned, Pickford could have been set better and expect the shot. I don't think he was potentially expecting the first uh, a first time shot, and that just goes. That all comes about about his confidence. He's played out with his skin at the minute. And as I mentioned earlier on the show, four four goals in four games in October, that's player of the month uh, calibre that all day long. Yeah, and I remember the day, this is what you're describing there, Richie. I remember the days, like, he'd, he'd get it at, at our box and try and run, run, make his way up and maze run passing and everything, and then just run, run, run. And then he'd get to, get to our box and he'd be just out of energy. To, he shot, he'd have a weak shot, but... 
his shots now are unreal because he's playing further up the pitch as well, of course. But yeah, uh, no, agree with everything said there, Miggy. Um, all good. Let us move on to uh, the last man we'll talk about tonight, uh, Callum Wilson. So for me, Callum Wilson, as I mentioned in, in our description of the match, uh, unselfish and on, definitely on two occasions, laying the ball off for someone else to, to have a shot. He's just dying to score another goal. All these goals flying in each in the last couple of weeks, he, he wants to get one. Uh, he does his bicycle attempt as well in, in, in the game. Um, so a solid performance for me from Wilson. I'm giving him an eight. Richie. Richie, go on. <laughs> you sure? No, I've, I've, got, I've, I've actually got to agree with uh, with with Daz. I, think I would give him an eight as well. I thought you were going to say you're going to agree with Pete. Never said that. No, I'll, I'll give him an eight as well. I think, you know, he led the line really well. Uh, you know, you've got, as I said, you, you, you was up against Cody and Tarkovsky, two good centre-halves who... They know every little trick in the book, you know, the, every little dirty little tactic just to whatever. But, you know, he, he didn't get much of a step. He got that header in the first half, uh, but it obviously was really far out. So it wasn't really good trouble uh, pick for unfortunately. But his work rate's still there. And it, it was what he was doing off the ball. That was good last night. You know, I'm still impressed that. And obviously, I'm also scared at the same time, I'll say this, because I know what his hamstrings are like. But when he's when, when he's doing that press, I'm just one day I'm just gonna be scared that his hamstring's gonna ping again because I'm, that's just how fragile he is. But I I love the fact that he's still putting his body on the line even though his hamstring could ping at any second. Uh, obviously I don't want him to because obviously that leaves us only with Chris Wood at the minute. Uh, so you know if he wants to let it ping, let it ping in the ninety second minute against Chelsea. You know literally before we've got to go to the World Cup break and that'll do me. But yeah, I, I, solid enough display. Led the line really, really well. Uh, brought brought other players into the game as well and stuff like that. So yeah, solid eight for me. Yeah, I have to agree. Um, yeah, he, he gets he gets the eight for me for for the reasons. Um, not because obviously of his ability in front of goal, but it's just his his battling and his linking play. Um, you know. His ability to occupy the two centre-backs is underrated. You know, you would expect a Chris Wood, a big physical guy that can kind of bounce defenders around. You'd expect that guy to be the one to to, to kind of take those two centre-backs and really kind of pull them around the pitch. But Wilson is just as physical and his movement's so good and he comes short and he goes long and they don't know what to do, whether to go with him or stay or whatever. He just pulls them all over the place. I feel so sorry for him but uh, for two reasons. One, I feel sorry for him because he's playing within himself. He's it literally is, is what Richie said. Like, he he's our only striker and I, I don't mean any disrespect to Wood in that respect, but Wood's just not in the same league as, as Callum Wilson. And Callum Wilson is playing within himself. You can tell. You can tell that once he gets to 60, 70 minutes, he stops the running. He stops the work rate. He stops the press. It affects the team. But he's doing it because he's probably being told to play within himself because they want him just to stay fit. And they want him as a presence on the pitch. But he also just wants to be a presence and stay on the pitch because he knows there might be a chance for a tap-in or a chance on goal that he can continue to build his goal-scoring record. Um, 
So he's playing within himself. And that's not what we want Callum Wilson to be. We want him to be all action, playing at 100 miles an hour, playing at 100%, because that's where you get the best Callum Wilson. The Callum Wilson that we saw um, at home to Arsenal last game of the season, last season um, at St. James's. And, and it's frustrating from that point of view. The other point of view is, is that sometimes the delivery or the service to him is just not good enough. He needs a certain type of service in order to score goals and he's just not getting it. That's why he got so frustrated with Murphy. That type of ball that Murphy should have played to him in the box and it didn't come is the type of one that he gets on the end of. Like well, it's, you know what, Pete? It's, it's the perfect example of that. I was just saying is the Forest second goal. Exactly, yeah. Joe Linton puts the ball in, he runs across the defender, yeah. fix up. He likes first-time delivery in the yeah. box. And the fact that we play with two wingers who are wrong-footed for the, the side of the rod, you're not going to get that quick first-time ball in, where that he likes to be on the shoulder of the defender, to get in front of them. So that, that's it. You know, he's done it up to times. You look at West Ham last season, in the fifth minute, Maxi down the right-hand side for change, that ball in where he gets the header at the front post. He does it. He's done it constantly. He did it against Spurs last season as well. When obviously the first, you know, the first game, would well. yeah, he's, he, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's he's fantastic with that, but we don't play to that strength. Yeah. And you know, he's good in the air as well. And you know, he's got that. I still don't understand, especially the you know, Fraser's played with Wilson for years and knows what Wilson likes. But for some reason, we don't play to that strength. And I think that's why I would play Fraser over Murphy, because they've got that relationship with the fact that Fraser's two-footed. He can put a ball in from the left that he's used to, that, that he can attack. And I know that's... Sorry, Peter, I didn't rub it there, but I'll just... No, no. Like no, I, I, no, I, I agree. Uh, it, it's not, we, we don't play to his strengths. At least at Bournemouth, they have an understanding Fraser knows what what Wilson wants, and it also like he, so he he knows he can make a certain run and knows the type of ball that he's going to get from Fraser. He doesn't know what he's going to get from Miggy or or Murphy or even Alan St. Maximin. He doesn't know. I think he just started to build up that relationship with Maxi towards the end of last season, but obviously he's not fit and he's not been playing. And I do feel sorry for Wilson for that reason, because it might look like that he's not in the game and he's not doing anything. He is. He's making all the right runs, all the right, all the right movements. He's just not getting the ball. And, it's, and it would be frustrating. If I was him as a striker, I would be really, really frustrated. I'd be happy that I'm doing a job for the team. He's occupying two centre-backs. He's been big, physical. He's been hard to, hard to manage. But what comes with that is the injury. And you mentioned that you're worried about him making those those sprints and those presses and him putting up with his hamstrings. Actually, I worry about him getting injured from that physical game because that's all he's been able to do at the moment. He's been big, big and physical, holding up the ball. You know, he's getting ragged around all over the pitch um, because he's trying to play that physical hold-up play. For me, I just think he needs to... He needs to be given more service in the box so he can make those runs in and behind. And I think that's where he's at his most potent, his most dangerous. Um, and so, yeah, I, I just feel sorry for, for Wilson uh, in that respect. But I do think he had a good game. He did such a good role for the team in a different way. So that's why, you know, I would give him an eight. But, um, you know, I, I think, you know, seeing the way he played, I actually think he'll probably play on Sunday. I think yeah. he'll play on Sunday. 
I think he'll, I think they'll they'll continue to do another 60, 70 minutes at Tottenham to see if he can nick a goal here, here or there. Because let's face it, Tottenham's defence are not good at the moment. And he's he, he's the type of striker that you can do to expose. They'll do the, the 60, 70 minutes, see how he gets on, how are we getting on in the game? Can we stretch it to 75, maybe even 80? Give Wood the, ne- the last 15 or 10 minutes and just rest him and recuperate him and build from that. And I think that's what they're going to do now until the world, until after the World Cup. Um, and, and it, you know, it, that's just how I see it, which is a shame. But if it helps the team, then so be it. Yeah. Yeah, we have we have to do something just just to, to manage the situation where we're we're in with the regards to the, this, our strikers. Okay, let that's it for our ratings. Let's we just want to say, let me take the button. Uh, thanks for watching. Uh, make sure you subscribe and hit that like button as well, as my internet is dying here. Uh, so uh, just now I see it popping up. Great. So that is that. I want to give a shout out to uh, the uh, other sponsors. Uh, we've already put Richie in jail and mentioned uh, the radiatorshed.com. So uh, make check, check out that out that. Who <laughs> suits you, Richie? Uh, right, then, then um, we'll give a shout out to, and I'll remove, I'll remove the the banner here to uh, Shyburns. Uh, com and it doesn't appear on my screen. Now it is. Uh, and and the range that Simon has available there: uh, hats, t-shirts, hoodies. Uh, also, uh, you'll see the loaded range that's available there as well. Uh, I can't see it, but you should see it on the screen now. Uh, and uh, also the Wade's uh, version of the t-shirt, and that also comes in a variety of different colors. I know I want my stick up the yellow version here. Pete's favorite color version, the Brazilian one. But uh, also keep an eye out on on, on com because there's going to be some new loaded uh, goodies coming on that uh, pretty soon. Uh, in in talks with with Simon uh, uh, at the moment. But yeah, uh, also shout out to Pins and Prints uh, and the range that Pins and Prints have available there. Uh, you can see them there, and you know, and go check out the, the sites for the, the latest. Also, shout out to Machine House and Marty at Machine House and the range of t shirts and hoodies that are available from um, the guys at Machine House. And yeah, we must get Marty on at some stage as well and uh, to talk to us about uh, the company and uh, tell us a bit more because uh, we've been uh, talking about these t shirts and hoodies for ages. So it'd be good, good, to, good to, to meet them as well. Um, also, shout out to uh, Dean at the, the Jolly Rise as well, and check out there's a nice uh, white and black t-shirts on uh, Dean's site. Check that out um, when you get a chance as well. And Dean is another one we'll have to get on at the show sometime. Um, but yeah, that is it for the sponsors. Um, let us t- tell you what, and if you're still with us and you haven't hit that like button, make sure you hit it. And if you're new, make sure you subscribe. But what is coming uh the rest of this week and into next week. So, Pete, tell us first about what's happening tomorrow. Yeah, well, away days is back. We we knew it was going to be a busy week in terms of matches and, and preparations for away days. So, away days is back. We've got new Spurs order that joined us last season. They'll be coming on. I think they're just confirming who it is that could well be joining. But look, if 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 none of them join and not able to make it, because it is a very quick turnaround, uh, we'll, we'll be doing our own preview regardless. So we'll, we'll have the team on 
um, talking all things Newcastle and Spurs. Um, but yeah, hopefully Owen will be able to make it um, and talk uh, and talk about the game. It's going to be an interesting game. I think most people thought, oh, you know, Spurs are going to be a difficult one. Not, not, not as cut and dry, particularly after that performance midweek. And they've got the likes of Kulizewski and um, and Richarlison missing. They don't seem the same potent Spurs. Could we cause an upset? I'm not sure, but it'd be great to hear the Spurs' opinion on that and how they're building to the game. So yeah, keep an eye on that one. Looking at half seven start. Mm-hmm. Um, anyone and so many in the chat are always supportive of away days. Make sure you there get your questions in for the for the guys, um, and it should be a really really good one. Looking forward to it. Cool. Uh, and I know there was the question at the end of the last show we did uh, together, Pete, about would you take uh, uh, the win at Everton if it meant you um, got nothing from the Spurs game? I said I wanted at least a draw. So now we're now we're going for the win. Now that we've got the points at Everton, we're going for the win well, now. I like it. Let's go for it. This is the beauty, guys, is that we, we got the win now. We got the win that we wanted against Everton. And Eddie Howe said it in his press conference after the game. He said, you know, now we, we can go and really kind of test ourselves against Spurs. You know, he's auto, he's almost saying is that it, it's not a free hit. No game's a free hit, but we, we can go out and really give everything to that Spurs game because we know after that we've got a week's rest after this very busy week. So we can go out and just give everything. And look, Spurs have to win. We, if we lose or take a point, like we'll take that, and it's and it's the upset. Spurs have to come out and play against us. The problem is, is that their midfield is not attack minded; they're very defensive minded, and we can exploit that. Nice one. Uh, well, we will be back uh, after that game as well. Um, and on Sunday at half seven is when we'll do a reaction show for the, the Spurs game. That's what we've been at the moment. And then on uh, Tuesday, Tuesday next week, Loaded Cube is back. So uh, if you fancy coming on and having a chat with us, uh, plenty you have already and anyone else, and especially new people as well that have never been on with us before, we, we, lo- we love to, to to meet a few new people and uh, and then especially the people that are in the chat, uh, chatting to us the, the whole time in the chat. Come and, come and stick your face on camera as well and have a chat. Come with a topic that you want to uh, discuss and we'll take it in the cube where we put you in the main centre of attention on the big screen. Uh, so that's uh, something on Tuesday to keep an eye out for. Um, then that's it for the upcoming shows that we've penciled in at the moment, lads. Um, do you want to go questions or what are we doing? Yeah, I'll, I'll, there's a few good little questions here to go through. Uh, just David R. brought this, this fantastic stat earlier on. Uh, our current points to games ratio is 1.63. So at this rate, we will end up on 62 points. That would have secured six last season. Do you see us keeping up this ratio? He, he believes it's feasible. Quick answer for me. Yes, I, I believe we can because we've still got people who want to come back from injury. Daz? I agree with what you're saying, Richie. Yep. Okay. I think we can as well. I think hey. uh, I, I said, I think I said at the start of the season, um, eight, eighth or upwards for us. And I'm delighted that we're sit, sitting in sixth. So and I think we're, we're, we're solidified in that top seven now. Pete? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I said it earlier on in the show. You look at 
Villa, Southampton, um, and you look at them, they're, they're games that we can win, um, which would then average out the, the the amount of points, the games ratio that we would get if we won both of those games. I also wouldn't rule out Chelsea at home, last game before the World Cup at St. James's in the Premier League. Great opportunity to get the war flags going, to get the fans going, to really create the buzz in that stadium. Um and yeah, no reason why not up until the World Cup. And then when James Madison uh, et al. joined the club in January, let's have another look again. Let's see. Which takes us <laughs> nicely at our next point, actually. And as I said, there's a few questions to get through. So we'll just see if we can keep it like one, you know, one would answer if possible. Pete, do you see us going to the top four if we could add some extra creativity? Um, do I see us going into the top four? No. If it is top four, if it is possible. Um, no, top six. Daz? No, I don't think top four is possible. No, look, uh, we're really jumping on uh, if we get could get that, but no, it's it's a step too far. Um, I think top seven. No. Yeah, I, I agree. If we get seventh and above, you know that that should get you European Conference football. At least that's a huge, huge step for Newcastle. Uh, I think top four. You know, it's, it's, it's potentially a season too early. I would say. I even think, to be fair, if we get European football this year, that's probably a year ahead of what would it was expected anyway. Uh, so we'll, you know, it takes the project on a year more than what we thought we were going to be anyway. So. Uh, let's have a look. Jonathan Kearsley here, lads. Uh, he says, do you think we will buy a right side central defender in the next couple of windows? If Shaw is injured, then it is Lascelles. Daz, for you? I... I- I can see the, the face of the cells uh, everywhere it pops up. Um, he, he's just very frustrated. Um, I, I could see him moving on um, just just for himself as well, because it, it must be like he's the captain, but he's not really the captain either. Like it's just for for himself. I think he'll want want to be playing first team football, and he must know now that he's not going to be getting that unless there's an injury. And even if there's an injury, who knows? It might be Burn and Target coming in. Um, he's he's a good good to have on the bench at the moment to to, to bring on to, to see out the last couple of minutes. Um, but yeah, to answer the question, the, yeah, I could see us in the next maybe summer or or the summer after that. Hey, young players, well, yeah. Um, uh, I, I think next summer, I think next summer we'll sign a right side of centre back. Uh, I think. Um, I think the cells will leave the club next summer. He'll he'll leave with the blessing of the club, and we'll, we'll give him all the respect that he deserves for what he's done throughout the period that he's been at the club. But I think, yeah, we'll look we'll look to continue to build and improve. Um, for for as good as Shaw's been, we'll look to improve that squad. And I think if there's a player out there that can really bring that next level of quality, I think I think we'll we'll strengthen in that area for sure. There'll be other areas that we'll look to strengthen, but I think. Uh, yeah, we'll look to make that defence even stronger. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it'll be next uh, the summer window and as we'll, well. We'll need to go, on, Daz. I'll, I'll yeah, finish. I, I think we we'll need to bulk out the squad as well. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, sorry, Richie, I'm talking over you because my connection is is uh, slow. But uh, um, I think we uh, we need to bulk out the, the 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 squad, and especially if we do get into European places, the um, the amount of games we'll be playing, then it, we 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 need we need options. Yeah, yeah. I I, I think I think I think, we'll, I think we'll address possibly right winger and create a centre midfielder in January in a push. I think that's probably what what we'll target in there in January. <clears> right, Gary Milliken's got a fantastic question. Um, do the lads think that the players on our radar are sitting up and taking notice of what we are doing now? Heath? Um, 100%. If you if you don't think that someone like James Madison or Moussa Diabe are not watching Newcastle United and watching the crowd, watching the atmosphere, watching that game last night against Everton when they haven't got a game and they're not watching Newcastle and thinking... Top six Newcastle, love to be there. Then you're lying to yourselves. Those boys are watching Newcastle United very, very closely. And you know what? If we continue that that move into the World Cup, regardless of what Madison does, I can genuinely feel, regardless of the fact that Leicester are winning 2-0 at the moment or 3-0 or whatever it is, um, I think if we go in for Madison in January... I think that will be the first time that he'll push for a move. I think he'll actually push for it. And he will go, you know what? I can see the potential in Newcastle. They're not sitting 11th, 12th in the league. They're not sitting 10th. They're sitting in the top eight. And they've got a real good chance of getting European football, which is exactly where James Madison wants to be. I think he pushes for it big time. Yep. Daz? I think yeah, the same as Pete, and I'll just and one other thing I'll, I'll I'll add to that is that I think in the summer as well our wage structure goes up another level and it, it'll be a bit more added onto it. So because like, even talk of Bruno getting a new contract and the figures that are being mentioned, so that 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 opens up more options to it as uh, to us as well that would consider coming to us. Um, so all good. Yeah, I want to just. The name answer only for this one because there's a couple of little stat points to quick ones we can go through. Gary Milliken again, he wants to know who is our most improved player so far this season. For me, it's Miggy. Um, most improved player? It's a close one. For me, it's between Miggy and Shaw. Shaw being the best player on the pitch in a number of games this season, for me, that's levels above. That's not that's not the normal Shaw level that we've come to see, but yeah, you, you could argue that Miggy making that step up. Um, I'm not going to say which one, anyone between the two, you could argue for. And to be fair, you'd probably be happy with either. Daz, yeah, I can see what Pete's saying about about Char, uh, and but I think Char put put in a good uh, performance last season. So for me, it has to be Miggy as well. Uh, look, look at we were getting rid of him uh, in our squad game one, uh, and so, some of us were keeping Murphy instead of uh, of uh, Miggy. Not you, Richie, no. But um, yeah, so uh, Miggy has to be the one that's been most improved. Look at all the goals he scored, and, and like this, this is the kind of player we thought we were getting um, when we signed him from Atlanta. Yep. Yeah. Right. A couple of just these are just the ones we can just breeze over here. So there's nothing really we can comment on it. Uh, we have uh, PDK wanted to know uh, who was Botman's partner in his last club. That was Jose Font, was his centre back partner at Lille on that one. 
Uh, Keith just wants to reiterate again what we already know, that Jack Grealish has only scored one goal in 10 games this season compared to Biggie's five goals in 11. Uh, uh, Johnny Two for Life, he wants to know, lad, we have discussed this and Battleground Europe will be coming back during the World Cup break. Uh, we don't know who we're going to invite on because everybody who we had on in the summer is not in the Battleground <laughs> Europe conversation this season. So that will be an interesting one and people probably have to... De- de- dig deep on his contact list, but yet the originals probably won't be there, so we might have to get a few others on that one. Uh, um, uh, to be fair, I think some of the originals will be there. I think some of the originals might not want to be there yeah. because of the stick that they might get. <laughs> um, less until I die being one of them. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah there, there, there might be some little dance. To that little dad will be wanting, wanting to be there because regardless of where Wolves are, he'll just want to be to be ripping the crap out of every other team. That are there. But look, uh, Dan Lawless will be there, no doubt. Um, little Dan, there'll be a few others, maybe, maybe Brighton, maybe Brentford. Uh, we'll look at some of them uh, as, as maybe new additions, even D from Palace. Um, we'll, we'll see, but we'll have a, we'll have a good chat, and it'll be a really, really interesting one. There, there'll be some fireworks, you can guarantee. But we'll lock in a date for that, and we'll let you guys know. Yeah, an interesting one here from David R. Do you think Eddie Howe would have turned Boomsang into a super superb solid centre back? Now there is limits. You've got you're always sure he was he, he had <laughs> Boomsang didn't. So we'll I think that one. You know, mm-hmm. we'll leave that one as it is. And an interesting one just to go out on here. Keith said, "I sport exclusive. Man United are considering releasing Ronaldo on a free transfer after last night's event. Now I don't know whether you guys saw this, but obviously he walked off last night after the uh, he was classed as an unused sub. However, the Mail actually released a story about an hour before we went online tonight, uh, stating that Ronaldo actually refused to come on last night when Ted Hogg wanted to bring him out." So that is one of the reasons why this is potentially in the offering. We'll see. We don't know. There we go. But Dad's back over here to finish off, mate. Just to add on that, Ronaldo's put a, put a statement out tonight saying that he's, um, you know, he to the moment can have an impact on that, on that and all the rest of it. Um, he, Ronaldo's handled this situation poorly. Um, you know, where, whereas he should have been the pillar of support and strength in that in that Man United team, he's not, um, and he hasn't handled that situation well, um, and it's looked bad on him. Um, and <coughs> United have done everything in the correct manner; they've handled it absolutely spot on. Fair play to him. Cool. That is it. That is our show for the night. We've already mentioned the sponsors. We've already mentioned what's coming up. Thanks, everyone, for watching. Make sure you subscribe if you're not subscribed. And make sure also make sure you hit that like button on the way out. And if you'd like to become a member, uh, make sure you jump on a laptop or a PC and you can uh, join that way. It's $1.99 per month for men's member prizes as well. But that is it. Thanks, lads, for, for joining us. And thanks, everyone, in the chat and, and then watching this back. We will see you tomorrow. For a way this, make sure you tune in. Good night, everyone. Oh, right. Oh. Oh.